Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi, Audings. This is the Something Scary Podcast. I'm your Ate Sapphire. Having your privacy invaded is one of the worst experiences, whether it's your home or your mind. Before listening any further, I recommend double-checking that the doors in your house are locked, assuming that nothing's already inside. First, we'll listen to an eerie 911 call. Then, we'll try to avoid the man outside trying to get in. After that, we'll uncover a dark secret at a summer vacation home. And finally, learn why it's best to never open the door at night. I receive hundreds of amazing story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that I've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary at snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com snarled. So, wanna hear something scary? I'm a 911 operator. The following story comes from the No Sleep subreddit, written by username Higgs Thunder. 911, what is your emergency? Yeah, hi. Um, this is gonna sound kind of strange, but there's a man stumbling around in circles in my front yard. Um, could you repeat that, sir? He looks sick or lost or drunk or something. I just woke up to get a glass of water and heard snow crunching around underneath my front window, so I peeked out. I'm looking at him now. He's about 10 yards away from my window. Something's not right. What is your address, sir? Um, 1617 Quarry Lane in Pinella Pass. I'm gonna send a squad car your way, but that's quite a ways out. Are you alone in your house, sir? Yes, I'm alone. Can you confirm that all of your doors and windows are locked? Stay on the phone with me. I know that my front is definitely locked, but I'll go check my back door again really quick. I appreciate your help, by the way. I know this is kind of strange, but I really hope that... Sir, are you still there? He's... he's still in the yard. But he's... what the hell? He's... he's upside down. Sir, stay on with me. What is happening? He's staring right at me. But he's... he's standing on his hands now. He's perfectly still, staring straight at me. He's doing a handstand and he's smiling at me and not moving. He's doing a handstand, sir? I, I don't know how he... yeah, he's, he's facing me and standing on his hands and he's got this huge smile and he's perfectly still. What the fuck? Please get someone out here now. Sir, I need you to remain calm. I've put out the call and an officer is on his way. His teeth are so huge. Oh my God, please help me. Sir, I want you to try and keep an eye on him, but make sure your back door is locked again. We need to make sure all possible access points are secured. Can you talk me through and confirm that your back door is locked? Okay. 
I'm walking backwards now, and I'm keeping him in my sight. My hand is on the back doorknob now. Okay, it's locked. I need to check the deadbolt, so I'm gonna take my eyes off him for a split second. All right, sir. Help is on the way. Just stay on the phone with me. Everything's going to be all right. Sir? Sir, are you still there? He's... his face. It's up against the glass. Sir, I need you to speak up. What is happening? I looked away for a split second, and now his face is pressed up against my front window. His teeth are huge. He's still smiling. There's no color in his eyes. Jesus, please help me. Why won't it just fucking move? Sir, I need you to go to the nearest room and lock yourself inside of it. Do you have a basement or a bedroom that you can lock yourself in? He won't stop staring. I think he's gonna hurt me. Sir, I need you to listen to me. Lock yourself somewhere safe until the officer arrives at your house. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yes. I'm gonna lock myself in my room. And you're positive that you're alone in your house, correct? Yes. Uh, I'm alone in the house. Wait a moment. He's moving. He's shaking his head. He's telling me no. God, I think he can hear us. He's telling me I'm not alone. Sir? Sir, are you still there? Can you still hear me? What was that sound? Is everything okay? Sir? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And now, more Something Scary. Our next tale was submitted by Nika about a woman whose house gets broken into. He came. I don't know where or how, but he was there, sitting on my front doorstep. He was a scraggly-looking type, like an old, mishandled bag that fell off a train and was kicked around in the dust. Naturally, when I see such miserable critters, I ignore them. They're just looking for a living, spare change, and so on. Why should I be bothered with them? They're like wild animals more than anything. Give them a little and they'll stay, taking more and more. I again peeked out the window of my modest house, wanting a better look at the new visitor. He was covered in filth, and his clothes were torn in multiple areas, and his hair was like a brown shrub perching on his head. He had a plain face, no discernible features, nothing really special about him. I couldn't help but shake my head. Best to leave him be until he wanders off to a place where someone would bother with him. I went about my household tasks until evening, when I peeked out the window again. I was shocked 
to see that he was still sitting there in the same slouched-over position that I found him in. It looked like he hadn't moved a muscle. I was about fed up with him, and I strode over to the front door and swung it wide open. Excuse me, sir, but just what are you doing? I demanded crisply. Waiting, he replied in a flat, raspy voice. His eyes held no emotion. He just stared into mine. You're going to have to move along. I waved my hand in frustration to make my intentions clear. However, he still didn't move. He just kept staring. Won't you let me in? He queried, his voice grinding at the end. His question sounded more like a statement with a lack of tone in his voice. What? I was taken aback. Won't you let me in? He asked again. I blinked at him for a few seconds. Then my face slowly started to heat up. Of all the nerve. I said, just move along. Now get off my property or I'll get authorities to remove you by force. I practically bellowed. He didn't react to my angry words. He just slowly straightened and turned to leave, his face blank. I watched him shuffle down the dirt road until he was merely a speck in the distance. Then I went back inside to make a cup of tea and settle down for the night. I had some trouble sleeping that night. Felt like someone was watching me or something. I could feel the little hairs on my shoulder blades and the back of my neck prickle sharply. Of course it was nothing but that didn't keep me from tossing and turning until two in the morning. I finally relented and got up for a glass of water. After retrieving the drink, I went to sit in my armchair for a while and settled down in the cushion. I froze. There was a silhouette in my window. It was of a human. He was staring straight at me, and I could barely make out the features in the moonlight. It was him. That guy from earlier. Only now he had a different expression on his face than what I'd seen. He was smiling. I reacted quickly, dropping the glass I held in my hand and diving for the bed under which I kept my shotgun. I grasped the cold metal with shaking hands and hurriedly loaded it with the bullets I kept on my dresser. I then burst out the door, my finger ready on the trigger. But he was gone. Just like that. Vanished without a trace. Not even a footprint. Shaken, I went back inside and sat in the armchair, wide awake until the sun peeked over the horizon. My hands were stiff and sore from clutching the gun all night, and the spilled water formed a dark puddle on the wood floor. I finally got the nerve to get up to clean it off and get dressed properly. Right after, I went over to the phone and dialed the police. Damn it. No reception. Of all the days for this stupid machine to not work. The day passed on in tension. I did my usual work with my little handgun fully loaded and strapped to my belt, should anything happen. Every time I heard so much as a creak, I would whip around to scan for any danger. No more faces appeared in the windows for the rest of the day. I was exhausted that night, so I plopped down in the bed, fully clothed, and fell right to sleep, the gun by my side. It was the crash that woke me up. I jumped up with a start, and with blinking, half-asleep eyes, I could see a spray of moonlight that surrounded me. And standing there was a human figure casting shadow over me. 
I snapped to full awareness in a second, and I lunged for my gun. I pointed the trembling barrel straight at the man's head. Get out or I'll shoot! I shouted at him. That was when he lunged. I couldn't even fire the damn thing. I could only dodge and smack the back of his head, the force of which knocked him to the floor. I sprinted away when red-hot pain filled my feet. I looked down to see the remains of my bedroom door scattered across the floor like confetti. I limped on as fast as I could and tried to escape out the front door. I yanked on the knob, jerking it in a panic. It was locked. I didn't have time to wonder how. I just rushed over to the kitchen and dove under the table. I didn't know why I was in such a blind panic over one guy, but I could feel that he was dangerous, that I should keep as far away from him as possible. The floorboard creaked. Heavy, clunking footsteps echoed throughout the house. I could hear him traveling from room to room, slowly, methodically. He stepped across the threshold to the kitchen. He hesitated then took slow, deliberate steps over to the table. Let me in, he whispered, his voice sounding parched. You're already inside. Please leave, I shouted at him. He shook his head at me and came closer. I crab-walked from under the table to get away from him. My back stopped against the cabinet door, and I was now staring up at him in horror. With his face heavily accented in the moonlight, his blank expression on his dry face... He looked like a walking corpse. He was even as still as the dead. I could feel my heart beating loud and fast, and my whole body was limp with terror. He spoke again, but this time I could feel, rather than hear him, in my mind. Let me in. My mind rebelled. Let no. me no. in. No. No. Stay out. No. Let Don't come me Stay in. My heart stopped beating. Ever since that night, he never came to haunt me again. I'm living in peace, by myself, on my own. But who would want to stay in that place after what happened? Now I spend more of my time on the road, seeing more places, getting to know more people. But I'm not satisfied. I need to find someone who will work out for me, who is empty and needs to be filled, like me. Won't you let me in? Thank you for that story, Anika. I kind of like how the ending is a little bit ambiguous. There's a couple different ways you could interpret it. But I will leave it up to you to figure out what it means. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days In, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Scary Story Podcast brings original, short, scary stories right to your ears every week. Like Dead of Night, the story of a man who moves into a new apartment building only to discover its sinister foundation. Or another recent one, The Delivery, where a man discovers a family secret hidden in plain sight. Have you ever listened to a scary story that lingers as if it reminds you of a long-lost memory? 
My name is Edwin Covarrubias, host and writer over at Scary Story Podcast, where every episode brings you a short, original scary story every week. The stories are read just like this, me telling you a frightening story that will blur the lines between this and the world of hauntings, ghosts, experiences that defy logical explanation. You can join us by searching for Scary Story Podcast on your app right now. It's the show by Scary FM. I'll see you over on Scary Story Podcast. Our next story was submitted by Melanie. Her and her family used to stay at the same vacation home every summer, but not anymore. We stay at the same family house in Nantucket every year during summer vacation. Well, used to. I always go with my parents, and we meet up with other relatives at the house and spend about a week there with them. While we're there, we'd spend a lot of time together, go to the beach, visit neighboring towns, and enjoy a relaxing vacation away from the bustling streets of New York. When we arrived at the house, I saw my favorite cousin, Sarah, who's only one year older than me. We caught up on everything while our parents and other family members started to unpack. We all enjoyed a long evening filled with conversation and gossip. Eventually, it came time to go to bed. I said goodnight to everyone and headed upstairs to my usual room, saying goodnight to Sarah one last time before climbing into bed. I tried to sleep that night, but I couldn't. Something came over me that would not allow me to fall asleep as easily as I normally do. After laying there for a good few hours, I looked at the clock and noticed that it said 3 a.m. At this point, my mind was so awake that there was no point in trying to sleep, so I got up and went downstairs to grab a drink of water. I flipped on the switch and opened the fridge, but something caught my attention. Our leftovers from tonight's dinner were missing. They were there before everyone went to bed, and no one else got up to eat them. My hearing is very sensitive. I would have heard them. Feeling suddenly creeped out and a bit uneasy, I decided to try to go back to sleep and forget about it. There must be a logical explanation. Once I got halfway up the stairs, however, my foot got caught on the edge of the step and lifted up the surface. I caught my balance on the handrail, and I realized that right beneath my foot, in the step, was a passageway. I ran upstairs and into Sarah's room. Sarah, Sarah, wake up. You have to see this, I whispered loudly as I shook her. Sarah sat up in bed, tired and disheveled, and looked at me with groggy eyes. What is it? she asked. I found a hidden passage in the stairs, I said, nervously, still in shock. She widened her eyes, and we quietly walked together to the stairs. I lifted up the surface, and sure enough, Another staircase led down a dark, narrow path that we never knew existed. Oh my gosh, she said in disbelief. We sat there quietly for a few moments. Slowly, she turned and looked at me. It was clear that we were both thinking the same thing. Sarah left and came back with a flashlight. She brought one for me too, and together we went down into the passage. Sarah went first, and I followed close behind. We were both terrified, but curious and interested. It was cold down there, and there was a musty smell filling the air. When we reached the bottom of the stairs, we stopped and looked around with the flashlights. This area leads to a small crawl space, Sarah whispered. Follow me. 
I followed her to the space, but as we got closer, I noticed an odd smell, different than the old musty smell we detected at the top of the staircase. The smell was emanating from the crawl space and got stronger and stronger as we approached it. You smell that, don't you? I asked nervously. Yeah, Sarah answered, equally as scared. But we have to see what's in there. You just never know. I nodded and waited for her to crawl through first. It was a good few seconds before I heard a loud scream. I was more scared than I have ever been in my entire life. My normal instinct would be to run away, but I wanted to see what was wrong with Sarah. Was she okay? I quietly crawled through, my heart pounding in my throat. And that's when I saw it. Sarah looked at me and then back at the bloody, dismembered body lying on the floor. The smell in the room was beyond comprehension, and the body was drowning in a pool of its own blood, torso cut open with the ribcage sticking out and the intestines spilling out onto the floor. Chained to a pipe was a naked man covered in blood, hanging onto life by his last thread. The man was blindfolded, and there was duct tape wrapped around his entire head to cover his mouth. There were bruises and scratches and many other injuries all over his body. In the corner was another body, rotting, that had obviously been there for some time. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Sarah and I both shrieked and scrambled to get out of the crawl space. I managed to get out, but at the last second, I heard the slamming of a trap door and saw Sarah sliding back into the room, being dragged away. And I knew there was nothing I could do. I ran upstairs to tell everyone and call the police. The cops arrived minutes later. I was worried that whatever had gotten Sarah had killed her already. But when they looked through the crawl space, the cops found Sarah alive and well. It was one of the victims that had grabbed onto her, pleading with her to help them escape. Apparently, while we leave the house for the summer, some squatters had taken up residence and were murdering unlucky tourists who roamed the area. We were next that night, but thankfully me and Sarah found out. The squatters were arrested then and there, and the remaining victims were freed, and we all left. Everyone was crying and overwhelmed with emotions. We obviously haven't been back to that house since, which is such a shame because we had such great times there. I try to focus on those pleasant memories, but every now and then, those memories become tainted by that horrid, rotting scent. Thank you, Melanie, for sending that story in. I hope you and your family have been able to find a new summer home where you can create new memories at. Now we've come to our final chapter. This is the story of Donna, a teenage girl who was left home alone one night for a little too long. This is based on a popular urban legend, and there's an animated version over at youtube.com snarled. There once was a 15-year-old named Donna. Her mother died when she was very young, and it was just her and her dad ever since, living in a peaceful suburb. They had grown incredibly close over the years. They would always know what the other was thinking and even feel when the other was near. Some joked that they were psychically linked. 
One morning, Donna and her father were having breakfast. I've got a meeting later today, he said. I'll be home late, so don't wait up for me. He left her some cash to order dinner, kissed her on the head, and headed out the door. Later that day, Donna came back home from school. Usually, her dad would be home from work at this time, so it was weird coming home to such a still and quiet house. So she sat at the kitchen table and started to do some homework. Suddenly, she felt a sharp pain in her neck. It went away as quickly as it came, so she decided to ignore it. Ow! Her neck stung again. The pain was getting more and more intense. She ran to the freezer to grab an ice pack and placed it on her neck. The pain began to fade away. I wonder what that was all about, she thought to herself. It was now 8 o'clock and still no word from her dad. She figured she could wait up a little longer for him and decided to order some pizza. Hi, I'd like to take an order. While she waited for her food, she turned on the TV for some background noise. The suspect is still on the loose. The police are recommending everybody lock their doors and windows and not answer Um, the door for anybody. It was getting pretty late and she began to doze off on the couch. She began to dream. She was a little girl again in the house where she used to live in when her mom was still alive. Donna was sitting at the kitchen table and looked over at the stove for a woman with her back turned was making breakfast. The woman turned around. It was her mother. She walked over to the table and placed a plate of eggs in front of Donna. She whispered in her ear, Don't open the door. Donna suddenly found herself standing on the side of a busy highway. Cars whipped past her. She could hear someone calling her name in the distance. Across the highway, she began to make out a figure. It was her dad. Don't open the door. Dad? What are you saying? I can't, I can't hear you. Don't open the door. The doorbell rang. Donna sat up on the couch. What a weird dream. Felt so real, she thought to herself. The doorbell rang again. Oh, my pizza. She stood up and started walking towards the door, but stopped when she passed the window. It was a lot darker outside than she remembered. How long was I asleep for? She looked at her phone. It was 1 a.m. She called up the stairs. Dad, are you home? The doorbell was now ringing more persistently. Dad, is that you? She went to the door and looked through the peephole. It was her dad. She went to slide the lock open, but quickly locked the door again. Something wasn't right. She didn't have that feeling when she knew her dad was nearby. Then she remembered her father's voice from her dream. She looked through the peephole again. Dad, are you okay? Did you forget your keys? Is someone there with you? Dad, why are you acting really weird? The doorbell kept ringing. I need you to answer me. I'm not opening the door until you answer me. The ringing went on and on. She didn't know what to do. Eventually, she collapsed on the floor in tears and ended up falling asleep next to the front door to the seemingly never-ending bell. Donna woke up the next morning on the doormat. The doorbell had stopped ringing. Dad, are you home? No reply. She looked inside the peephole. Her dad's face was still there. 
staring at her just as he had the night before. She carefully opened the door and froze. Her father's head was hanging on a hook and stared back at her. On the ground was a note. I know you're all alone now. I am a 911 operator comes from the No Sleep subreddit written by username Higgs Thunder and was edited by Johnny Ashley. All other stories edited by Adam Sinker and Sapphire Sandalo. Music and editing for this podcast by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary at snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com slash snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash snarled. Until next time, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.